to Soapbox Sisters, hosted by Jess, Jessica Denise, and Linda. This podcast is an intersectional discussion on all things sex, life, and everything in between. As always, we're talking from our lived experience. If these topics bring anything up for you, we encourage you to talk to a professional. Happy listening! All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Mm. Oh, I didn't know that we have... Like our own catchy tune. We do. <laughs> Brought to you by Jessica Denise. Yeah. Okay. So like, what are we talking about today? Um, Linda Carrillo. Wait, do we have a fun? Do we have a fun fact? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that's right. Fun fact. Sex ed fun fact. Okay. So. <laughs> are we putting you on the spot? I have a sex okay. ed fun fact that I learned many moons ago. Okay. And that is that. Sex education as we know it today was actually invented or invented, thought of or conceived of uh, in the school system in the 1950s. And it was a way to fight communism because it was essentially supporting young people to properly date within the confines of like dating so that they could then have more babies and then we could continue to fight communism because, you know, we're having more babies. I learned that at the sex ed conference we went to. Uh, SoCal Sexual Health Summit, like, five years ago. Sex ed conferences have got to be some of, like, the funnest, like, learning environments I've ever been in. I feel like it's... Really? Yeah. I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And I, like, I'd be willing to, even though that's not the field that, like, I'm directly working in anymore, like, I'd be willing to put in my own money to, like, go back to those. Because it's just, like, you're in those spaces where things just feel really, you know, for lack of a better term, like, just, like, safe. You know, uh-huh. it's like, you know what people are here for, uh-huh. and you know, like, that this is going to be a space where, for the most part, you're going to be able to have, like, really open discussions about something that, you know, usually other people can't be open about, mm-hmm. and so, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you just, like, run across a lot of character. Like, you have to, if you're going to be working in the it's world true. of sex ed, like, you just have to have certain <laughs> personalities, I feel like, mm-hmm. and I've come across some really great, you know unfortunate that I don't think that there are maybe like a lot of um at least like cisgender men that you know I yeah had a lot of interactions with mm. at those conferences but you meet a lot of great people and mm-hmm. uh, to me personally like a lot of really like powerful women like just yeah. like super mm. confident in who they are and what they know and what they don't know mm-hmm. and I miss those spaces a lot me too oh, I yeah. love that so yeah if you ever have a chance to go to a sex ed conference and 10 out of 10. Would, yeah. Would recommend. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for that fun fact because it leads right into our discussion for today, which is. Drumroll. Uh, sex education in the United States. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to talk a little bit about. I know that we've kind of mentioned it on and off, at least Jess and I. A couple of previous episodes that we used to work in sex ed, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to kind of like circle back and be maybe a little bit more comprehensive about just our experience, but also talk about what sex ed looks like across the U.S. Um, <laughs> or what it doesn't look like across <laughs> the U.S. Um, and then just like share a little bit about what looks maybe a little bit more comprehensive. So what you know has more discussions about like not just, like, sex and STDs, but also, like, consent and healthy relationships and gender, mm-hmm. and, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. If y'all don't mind getting started. Let's so, do it. 
A lot of this information is going to be um, based off of, um, it's, uh, so I've actually, I need to look into this a little bit more, but there's a thing called GIS mapping. Uh, yeah, and so it's like it's um, essentially like a system that helps you like map to its It can be pretty comprehensive or just like general um, about things But I guess like they they have like a website with uh, Like kind of like blog posts and stories hmm. um, So it, it's the website in and of itself like will show you the map of like all of the states and like where is it more comprehensive? Mm. Was it not so like that's where the mapping plays into it? Oh, but then they also talk about like, you know, like what states have what type of um, like laws and regulations. So I just thought that was super interesting because cool. usually we come across this stuff in like websites about like sex ed. Mm-hmm. But this one is from it's from ArcGIS, and so that's like the mapping place. Mm. Yeah, and it might be like completely not giving them enough credit for what they do because I know it's like their stuff is like pretty <laughs> show like, notes. Local, I know, right? Local government I know use uses GIS mapping yeah. for a lot of things and for so, public health stuff. We used a lot yeah for public health. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. As of, and I think this article was as of about a year or two ago, um, only seven states uh, at that point mandated sex education. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to get all seven states right, but can you guys guess who mandates? So not just sex education, but it has to be sex education, HIV, STI education, comprehensive healthy relationship content. So that's what I'm talking about right now when I say mm-hmm. there's only seven states that require all of those things. Not Florida. Not Texas. (laughs) Actually, as of this date, Texas was revoked. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're they're rolling back education about everything else but this. But that. Yeah. Well, hey. But that was also two years ago. That data, so it could be out of date. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, Well, California, New York, for sure. Yeah. Okay. We already said Texas, so that's three. So now we have four more. Hmm. Illinois. So California, yes, not New York, New Mexico. Sorry. I saw New and I just went with it. So California, oh, New Mexico. I thought New York state huh. mandated sex ed because they copied Chaya from us. It's literally Chaya, the California Sexual Health. Oh, you might be talking about that. California Healthy Youth Act is so, basically like sex ed. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a sex ed like collaborative still, even though I'm not really in that world anymore. And they were talking about how, like, they literally copied and pasted the, the Chaya bill for New York. But that was, like, too, that was recent. That was, like, we had that conversation, like, a few months ago. Yeah, so okay. maybe it's new. So, yeah. and so, remember, there's, so a couple of different states have, like, different requirements on what's comprehensive. Mm-hmm. So, so general requirements for sex ed and HIV education. So about 38 states and the District of Columbia mandate sex education and or HIV education. Okay. So it's, like, it's, you know. So it's yeah. across. It just depends on what exactly they're including. Um, about 40 states and D.C. require school districts to involve parents in sex education, HIV education, or both. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 40 out of 50 is not terrible. It's 80%, <laughs> which would be. They're going to be. And so I've, as of the article that I have now, and again, I, I will double check and see if this has been updated, but. So seven states mandate sex education, HIV, STI education, and comprehensive healthy relationship content. That's California, Hawaii, Maryland, New Mexico, Oregon, Texas, and Vermont. Vermont, okay. Yeah. Vermont. Look at you, Vermont. Yeah. Um, and then there's only five states that have no mandates. 
Okay. Which are? Which I, I don't know, actually. It didn't say oh. Legendary, which is very I'm going to go ahead and say Mississippi and Florida for sure. We're going to say somewhere in the Bible Belt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would five. guess. Um, and then get, getting on to maybe like some not so fun facts. The 22 states require that abstinence is stressed in sex education and do not require that contraception is covered. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say which ones, but it's, it's in the map. So like if I click the map, then sure. I'll, you know. Um, we'll link the map. Yeah, we'll link. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The link to the map will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all can figure out yourselves what those 22 states are. Um, <laughs> wow. We can't give it all away, you know. Um, Make educated guesses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll probably be right. <laughs> uh, let's see. What other fun ones? Um, only nine states require that consent be taught in their sex education program. What? Nine yeah. states? That's it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Consent needs to start way before sex ed in school anyway, but... Sex, like, consent isn't just about sex. It's about, like, letting other people touch your body or not. It's yeah. about consenting to, like, anything. It doesn't just have to do... Ugh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. No, no, no. And, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> maybe we should do an, an episode about that. Well, maybe we should talk about consent. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely worth delving into a little bit further, but mm-hmm. I think to your credit, and I feel like part of what I wanted to talk about today for sure is that... I feel like we focus a lot on like sex ed and like okay like middle schools high schools like that's what we used to do it for right mm-hmm. very rarely do we get elementary schools asking yeah. for it but I feel like to me not just like sex education but like just these topics in general including mm-hmm. consent like this starts from when kids can be verbal mm-hmm. and even when they're mm-hmm. not verbal it's like you kind of wish they were because this is also like a time when sometimes people will take advantage to a certain extent that they're not verbal mm-hmm. you know um about certain things but it's like as soon as they're able to say no like you obviously are not gonna have like the okay i'm gonna sit you down baby i'm gonna tell you about consent <laughs> when you don't want you know, like that's yeah. just too complicated yeah but like right now the conversations i have with my daughter are very much like oh it's okay like if you don't want to be touched or if you don't want someone to touch you and this is just like in playing situations right mm-hmm. you're playing with other toddlers playing with other adults just you know just say no say no thank you you know? Yeah, um, she did that today with you. Yeah, she was like, "I don't want you to pat my back yeah. right now." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, I was rubbing your back," and she's like, "Oh, Maybe no, no, your words." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so and like that's what it's about, and I think that so often, are is it like misconstrued and like manipulated to mm-hmm. make it seem like? And I remember this is one of the biggest like debacles that we had when we were doing when we were doing sex education mm-hmm. schools, was that. A lot of we would do like the the information night for parents, right? Mm-hmm. And all, they would all like just go straight to like, well, you guys are teaching them like how to have sex or the heat. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, scoot all the way back. Like, your kids already know about sex, <laughs> right? It's like so we're actually having conversations with them about like how to like empower themselves and having the conversation of like yes, no, like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. having them have that verbiage and also like there's changes that are in their body so we're actually also talking about like puberty and like right. what do they expect about that yeah some schools would actually ask us to do more which i absolutely love when schools mm-hmm. were like and then and i'm trying not to go all over the place but it's so hard when like there's just like so many things that feed into this topic yeah. um but i remember there were some schools that i absolutely like loved and respected for saying like we're like math teachers we're english teachers but like mm-hmm. the this isn't our strength. So mm-hmm. we want for other people to come in and have these discussions with them because we know that they're not the experts. And it's like, wow, you as a teacher to like give up the power in your room mm-hmm. and give up that and give that space yeah. to have a conversation about something that 
you acknowledge like you're not a, an expert in like props to you because not yeah. a lot of teachers are that self-aware yeah. sometimes yeah. you know um and then they would ask us like oh can you also do like a presentation on like drugs like and have you know like that and not in mm-hmm. a way that's like the dare programs you know <laughs> it's like let's talk about it like you know there's unfortunately some kids that maybe like are smoking weed or this but like they don't know about the details of like when it's laced when something mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and there's unfortunately sometimes it would be reactive in that like there's some, an incident that he's yeah right. and so like we'd have those conversations um and so it was really nice when we were able to be there for like weeks at a time and it's like no we're actually not just going to talk about like sex yeah we're talking about puberty we're talking about changes we're talking about what happens emotionally to you mm-hmm. you know it's like your um the way that your brain's developing and how you're able to make or not make you know sometimes um more like logical choices because that part of your frontal lobe's not fully developed here yeah. before you know so yeah. it's like how do we give you the tools to maybe you don't have to think and rationalize it because maybe that capacity is not there, but you know, hey, this is what is in alignment with what I want for my future and this is what's not. Mm-hmm. And so let me make my choices out of that. And so mm-hmm. I, I love, love, love. It was a very hectic time in that teaching middle schoolers and high schoolers Oof. is by far probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. And I think everybody can concur. Dude, middle, middle schoolers are mean. Yeah. And high schoolers think they know everything and that they're hella smart. Yeah. So the combination of the two is like it's terrible, soul crushing. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. And they're like they can sense fear. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you oh a hundred percent like if you or vulnerability or insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they will pick on it. Yep. And granted, like that's what they are meant to do with like their peers and stuff. But like whenever sure. there's people that are coming in, and like I can only imagine like their teachers, right? And it's like mm-hmm. this is why there's people that like quit like their dream job of teaching yeah. because yeah. like kids can be brutal having yeah. said that <laughs> i will give the credit in that i feel like those age groups are so good at being able to spot fake yeah like they know when people are telling them something that is out of their convenience mm-hmm. they know when people are telling them something that they that like the adult doesn't fully know about sure and they know when for the most part, in that sense, like when to trust what someone else is telling them and when to not. Mm-hmm. And so I, for me, like it was the biggest satisfaction when I would be there for a couple of weeks at a time. And I would, you would see like the shift in, because we used to do anonymous questions, which is like the best way to do it. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Questions. So it's like you put questions in a box and then like you open them afterwards. Um, and then you, you know, ask the question out loud. It's, I'm not going to say who, but like, this is a question. Like, what do you guys think? And, like, when you would start to see the shift in questions from, like, the first couple of ones, where it's, like, my friend thinks you're really cute. And it's, yeah. like, it's not a question, dude. Yeah. Like, that's not. Or, like, <laughs> not a question box. Or, like, have you ever worn a thong? Or, like, yeah. something like that. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. And so we're, again, like, like no personal questions, guys, yeah. remember? Well, mm-hmm. and I remember doing, again, out of all these conferences that I went to, there was actually one specifically uh, where we ended up doing, like, a training that they were getting into the weeds about, like, why kids ask these questions or why youth or teens ask these questions and it's like there there's always going to be a purpose and you as an adult need to identify what it is before mm. you respond because what so to you might be like oh, you're just saying this to get a reaction out of me sure might actually be like an am i normal question and so i remember mm. and I, I can't for the life of me remember how mm. many of the of the i think it was three different ones but one of them was like an am i normal question mm-hmm. one of them was like i'm just trying to get a reaction out of these mm-hmm. you know questions so you just you know need to learn how to do differentiate mm-hmm. out of the two and there's one other one and I'll, I'll try and remember what it is but um i 
remember seeing the shift from like getting a reaction out of your questions to like the am I normal questions or like just genuinely trying to ask like inform like information seeking again. Yeah. It was when they were trying to ask with just, you know, like facts. And so yeah. uh it was so satisfying because that was like my like indicator that they started to trust what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Because it's like not now I'm not just someone that is coming in and teaching about sex. Now right. I'm somebody that they can trust for information. Or right. like now I'm somebody that they can trust to um, help them feel like they're normal. Because yeah. a lot of these questions were like things that I feel like we all kind of hear when we're in those grades of like, is it better to have like a 12 inch penis than like a two? You know? <laughs> and, and again, it's like you read it and then you're like, oh, they're just like saying it to get a rise out of me. Yeah. And it's like, no, like some of these kids really are already like self-conscious about like their penis size yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with vagina right like it's mm-hmm. um weird that like my vagina looks like a different color and it's like yeah like, oh my gosh like, are you really worried about this yeah 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 like they're trying to normalize yeah so when we go back to like you know sex education and i feel like the lack of requirements sucks to have it be well there's no federal mandate right like the federal government doesn't say correct that you have to have sex education and in fact all education related decisions are state decisions right. the, the federal government doesn't like mandate certain yeah. co- education codes or whatever yeah. which is why education is so different <laughs> depending on what state you live in yeah as we're seeing it play out now mm. in the media yeah which by the way like on a whole other tangent like why are we spending so much time taking other people's rights away and not focusing on the bigger problems like you know the earth is on fire or like <laughs> poor ice caps are melting uh, or people are dying majority supreme court that should have not been that way to begin no. with and i wish rbg could have just hold, held on for like Please. two more months but it is what it is yeah. you, you digress you didn't even ingress and then you already digress <laughs> like I'm a, nope I'm not gonna say it. or just retired long or, before yeah so that fair someone else could have been appointed yeah fair enough yeah. like but. if you knew you were unwell like why didn't you yeah yeah I agree yeah, I agree it's just agree. one of those things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so as we're talking about like I think just to kind of further delve into um these states that like require mm-hmm. like certain things it's like just because they say they want like healthy relationships curriculum doesn't mean it has to be comprehensive either. Right. And so, you know, <clears throat> just to add more fuel to the fire. So there's like healthy relationship instruction, which includes at least a conversation about one of these components. So communication skills, decision making, violence prevention, child sexual abuse, consent, or sex trafficking. So it doesn't mean that they have to do all of those. It just has to be at least one. And, so, and it also like some in some places, like it just the mention of it is is sufficient. Right. Like they said that like, word. Like this exists. <laughs> right. Right. Human yeah. trafficking is a thing. Check. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um so whereas comprehensive. Super helpful. I know. Yeah. I know. Wow. It's great. So comprehensive healthy relationship <laughs> instruction would be the state um, policies require a healthy relationships unit and give specific curriculum details so that instruction is not ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So there's like a big difference obviously between both. Mm-hmm. And then there's abstinence covered versus abstinence stressed. So abstinence covered is that the state policies require instruction on abstinence in addition to other com- uh, contraception methods. So it's mm-hmm. like you're covering abstinence because absolutely that is a choice. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, whether you choose it or not, most kids in high school are abstinent. You know, right. like, yes, we hear about a lot of kids having sex, right. but that doesn't mean that everybody it's is having sex, even exactly. if well, that's what it feels mm-hmm. like. And so it 
absolutely makes sense as you would if you want to be comprehensive and it's true um did it feel like everyone was having sex when you all were in high school oh i felt like it mm. but that's because i was one i definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were <laughs> um i felt like there was a noted shift in in my in my like classmates like it was like freshman year we were all just kind of like trying to figure it out and like oh, navigating yeah. it and there was like there was like a group of kids who like allegedly were like having sex with one another, but I feel like they were just you know whatever like they, they got a bad rap like, or... uh, like no like third base and then everyone's like oh my yeah God. everyone's like yeah. yeah sex and then it was weird it was like all of a sudden it just became totally normal like everybody was having sex and it for me it felt like it was like overnight at my school like yeah. one day everybody was like not talking about it or like people were being called sluts or whatever because you went to school I really time. wish that I had the confidence and the knowledge I have now back then. Mm-hmm about the whole slut thing because i don't think they like, do that in, co- in high school anymore that well, much I, feel, I don't know but like <laughs> no you're right yeah i feel like they are the the i've and let me know if i do this too much but i feel like i have to come to the defense of younger generations sometimes way too yeah. often because they get such a bad rap for things but if mm. there's one thing that i know that they're doing and they're i feel like they're doing really well it's like they're getting so good at like being inclusive yeah and yeah. not like People shaming, yeah. body shaming, shame whatever, you know? Yeah, it's not And, cool and granted, anymore. like, it's still, you know, like, bullying still a thing, like, but it's yeah. not, it's more called out now whenever you're bullying against, like, an identity. Like, you don't bully people because they're gay. Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. You know? At least in California. We can't speak for any others. So. No, right. <laughs> no, you're right. And yeah, that's the other thing, too. I feel like, unfortunately for us, we are in a very privileged yeah. state in that, like, there's just certain things that we're you know, way yeah. more open about my nephew. Speaking of crazy things, so I was teaching sex ed during lockdown, and oh. that was like a whole other experience I'll share later. Yeah. Um, but what was I? Oh, I don't know why I was talking about that, but what connection it had to my nephew? But the point is, is that <laughs> oh, because I think uh, I stopped teaching sex ed in twenty twenty and uh, twenty twenty one rather, and I felt like there was a shift even in those like four years of me teaching of like talking about like cis and trans identities and stuff like it went from like being like 101 to like having this very deep conversation with kids in like a short space Mm -hmm. of time like like it was weird it was like some graduation year kind of graduated and then all of a sudden the kids in san diego county at least because that's where i was teaching sex ed they seem to just like they're like yeah jess we got this like we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that so i was like super excited when i left sex ed because i thought well these kids have got it they understand like i don't need to whatever so my nephew came home a couple weeks ago well more than a couple weeks ago because it's july now but whatever uh from home from school and told my sister like yeah i'm kind of like dating this girl um and she's you know she's super cute and blah 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 but my this kid at school he gave me a hard time about it and she's like why and he said, well, the guy said to me, you know, she's black, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm white, right? And the kid was like, okay, I just think you should know. And this is a middle school kid, not even middle school, fifth grade. I'm like, who taught you that, first of all? Yeah. And second of all, fuck, man. Yeah. Like, why are... Wh- we're making what? steps towards the gender, but we're taking steps back towards the race. Again, I, I don't... Like. What, or whatever. Yeah, I just was like... That really disheartened me because I was super stoked. Like, I'd seen a significant difference. He lives in Colorado, and he does live in a small town. So there's that, like, caveat. But Mm. it was really disappointing to hear that because I just thought, I don't know, I thought we were better than that. 
Yeah, and it's unfortunate, but like all of these conversations that we ultimately end up having, because at least for now, like mm-hmm. the podcast focuses on a lot of um, conversations that are um, related to sex, is yeah. that it ends up political. Yeah. And it will always, because everything, our, because well, unfortunately our bodies are political. It's like so much fun too to like talk about like your rights being either taken away from you or, yeah. you know, protected, right? It's so much easier and so much more fun and like catchy in the news, right? To talk about that kind of stuff than it is to talk about the 30 plus refugees who died off the coast of, uh, where was it? Greece, I think, yeah. a couple months, a couple weeks ago. It's easier to talk about the Titanic thing explosion, <laughs> right? Yeah. Than it is to talk about, because it's like, it's not as sexy, it's not as fun. So, like, yeah. having these conversations in Florida and Texas about taking out certain parts of the curriculum, because we don't want to talk about race, right. or we don't want to talk about the mass genocide of like indigenous people, yeah. or we don't want to talk about LGBTQ stuff, it's, it's easier to talk about that than it is to tackle gun violence. <laughs> So we focus so much on, you know, this stuff that we're not, yeah. Well, we're doing I wonder a if it's, it's also like, I don't know about it's easier. I think that it's definitely interpreted that way. But I feel yeah. like it's also like, it's not the priority of the people that have mm-hmm. money and decision-making power sometimes mm-hmm. in the United States to focus on things that aren't going to give them money right. to whereas when you're, and that, by the way, Jessica, like I know that there are certain things that, you haven't given feedback on, and so you want to step in at any of these points. Please help me to do that. But it's just when you're, when you're hanging out with no, like a shirt. Just no, so. I feel like you have a really, really great, in general, I feel like your insight is amazing, but like I feel like you have a lot of really great insight when it comes to some of the these like larger systems that are at play with certain conversations, mm-hmm. but with like this specifically, it's like I feel like there's way more money to be made and having people reproduce even if yeah. they're not in the best circumstances and sometimes not teaching them how to not reproduce isn't to their benefit true and I mean, then, when you when you uh, yeah i mean if, when you think about i told you the whole, <laughs> here she goes here she goes i when love it when you think about the whole reason for capitalism it has shaped so much of how we do every area every aspect of our life and for sure education mm-hmm. yeah. I you know when I talk to people about like developmental delays and that kind of stuff oh, yeah. in indigenous cultures and other kinds of cultures it's like okay they're just on their they're they're marching to a beat of their own mm-hmm. you yeah. know to their own beat right whereas like here it's like no you have to meet this marker mm-hmm. so that you can be in line to eventually get a job and be part of to the be a economy right so that yeah. you can yeah. get a, like to contribute right and so so much of our education system reflects that but we yeah. haven't because we don't talk about capitalism because it's just like the air that we breathe mm-hmm. yeah. we don't necessarily think about how those things are so deeply shaping us yeah and how important it is for us to understand that when we're thinking about like why would it be advantageous for you know, people to not know that they have options to, mm-hmm. you know, contraceptive options. Well, it keeps someone's economy going. I mean, it literally fought communism, allegedly, right? But like, it was obviously like that's by like a couple ripples away from like the 
whatever, like they're probably the original intention, but the original intention was so that Americans can have more babies and specifically white Americans can have more babies. Yeah. And that in itself would create more, like you said, more people contributing to capitalism, more people, you know, whatever. And then eventually that would somehow fight the communist sort of like way of life. Even when, you know, the Roe v. Wade thing was happening Mm -hmm. and, Amy Barrett, whatever her name is, <laughs> talked about like the domestic supply of infants. Mm. And, you know, it's like brutal, man. When, as someone who whose ancestors were enslaved, I mm. think about this regularly. Yeah. My body, my ancestors' bodies were considered capital, mm-hmm. right? Were considered property, mm-hmm. were bought sold traded as such Mm -hmm. and so when i hear other bodies other kinds of bodies being considered as something like a supply of something right is very capitalistic yeah to you it sounds like to you you're like yeah no shit yeah yeah (laughs) basically like welcome to my life it's just like (laughs) yeah and so we should pause right anytime that there's a like this uh, penchant towards like dehumanizing people and reducing them mm-hmm. to one aspect of their identity that makes them objectifiable. Mm-hmm. Because when anyone's objectifiable, it means that they're dehumanizable. Yeah. And I think that abstinence only sex education contributes to that, to be really honest. Yeah. I'm really frank. You know, growing up, I didn't grow up in a super conservative household, but when I started to walk my own Christian faith out, I was very involved in conservative Christian places and I never loved abstinence only education. But it was like, okay, you know, I had sex my first time when I was 15, I think. Wow. So I always knew that there was like the option to have sex. Yeah. Like, it was, like, yeah. always there. And it's There's also, always like, the okay, choice. so what about, without saying it, what about those of us that are past the abstinence-only education? Right. Any, yeah. yeah. Thank exactly. you so much. But that's not helpful. Yeah, thank you. But what about those it's, that aren't? Yeah. Like, you know, the more, the more you make some things, you know, something that you have to hide or, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that you have to be taboo. ashamed about, mm-hmm. the more you make something taboo, the easier it is for you to feel ashamed yep. and like it's something that you should be ashamed of which why is having any form of sexuality something to be ashamed of yeah i don't think that it is yeah. but when it impedes mm. on capitalism's goal of reproducing as many humans as we can so that we can have as much labor yeah. in the world as possible and continue spreading the word of american capitalism around the world <laughs> exactly <laughs> which looks a lot like white christianity correct mm-hmm. what it's, <laughs> it's like hmm yeah it's just not yeah it's not where we want to be mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that it's that's that's an interesting one too to like yeah. think about like the parallels with like capitalism in general and like sex education and yeah. interesting also that like we started this conversation talking about how like 
the way that sex education was first kind of conceptualized in this country in the 50s was serving a larger sort of propaganda essentially purpose um and that yeah that's really interesting and it's also funny too that DeSantos governor of Florida um and other people like I don't I forget who the governor of Texas is right now have said essentially that like quote unquote the liberals or the far left is spreading their propaganda through sex education through like you know trying to tell history from all angles and not just from one angle um so yeah when you convince poor white people as well that they can (laughs) somehow be rich white people yeah but you set up systems to keep them poor right but they don't even know it i was literally about to get into or at least mention like the poverty piece of it yeah where it's like this is there's also these systems in place to keep people poor yeah and this is one of them yeah Yeah. because having multiple children having to depend on Mm -hmm. you know like government assistance and all of that like mm-hmm. keeping these people the way that they are in terms of their financial status like it's purposeful and then well it's purposeful s- because you have more people to exploit to, right. to stay wealthy and right. that's part of the problem and on top of that exploit to stay wealthy but like a subcategory of that is to dehumanize or scapegoat yeah. right like because it's like we want you to like have babies to contribute to society but then we're not creating anything in like in the system in which people are actually able to succeed in this like right, society. Right. And, get support, and yeah. then it becomes this vicious cycle of saying, well, it's the welfare mom or it's the mm-hmm. kids who live out on the streets or, it's, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's like it, it's it's almost like politicians and like specifically like white men in power. They want that because then it gives them the chance to revert the conversation away from like you know, maybe them poisoning, like, the water or something like that. But to be like, oh, but look, this welfare mom has five babies and we have to pay for her. Right, Right. the welfare queen thing that it's, like, you know, painted uh, black women, welfare queen is, like, this picture that was, like, you know, used as Uh propaganda. And Uh it's, like, not even an accurate picture of, like, who uses the most, has the most, like, government assistance anyway. But, like, it doesn't matter because what... The thing that I've been thinking about a lot with all the shit happening in the Supreme Court lately is it's not, I mean, it is the policy. The policies matter, but it's what the, what like dismantling the policy actually means about society. The Mm. policy of affirmative action being in place said Mm. we are going to put in place something that tries, attempts to bring equality, understanding that for 400 years, there were people who were considered property. Right. So they could could not have money mm-hmm. to buy property, to create their own life, to create their own wealth, because their bodies were wealth for someone else. Right. So having something in place that says, we understand that, and we want to honor that, we want to create intentional space for that, now with that being removed is saying, oh no, we don't we don't believe that we're going back on acknowledging the fact that we fucked y'all over well it's almost like uh affirmative action in a very very tiny way was was reparations in a way like right that was like the shitty answer for like right we'll use this as like a reparation like at least we'll give you this and now like you're saying yeah like and now you're and now what they're saying is like no because racism doesn't exist. When, because when black people weren't accepted into 
white universities until the 1960s. That's right. less than 100 years. And that they're right. also not doing anything about legacy. Uh, yeah, right. exactly. And so it's like, oh, but that can stay in place. That, that can okay. stay. That sure. can stay in place, even though that's very clearly based in who had wealth and right. who was yeah. white. And not yeah. all America. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just like, all of it is just, it's just like, it's, it's, it is the policy and it's the ideology of, of mm. behind it mm-hmm. to say like, no, actually, this doesn't matter. No, actually. Right. Um, you don't it, need to be protected because technically you don't really exist anyway. Ex- so that's kind of what it's. it's or you shouldn't. Opinion. Or you shouldn't exist. Like, right. A lot of the conversation, a lot of people are really on Twitter have been sharing like, yeah, I, you know, I did get something because of affirmative action and it was really supportive for me. And it wasn't because I wasn't qualified. And that's the thing that, you know. What white people in power are like, oh, this person is only here because of affirmative action. Like, no, they're actually here because they were very qualified, but because they don't look like you, they weren't going (laughs) to be considered. Right. And it just says like, oh, no, I am going to be considered now. Mm. And now, like, when I think about how those things are going to go, it's going to be a lot more because whiteness has its own language. It's very coded in things, especially wealth. Like, if you can talk the talk. And you're white, and you're specifically a white male, you can get into many, many rooms. Yep. But that language isn't available for anyone. And, and any, and you know, if I, even if I learned the language, I don't look the part, so I could never actually be into those spaces. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to is creating more of the, that widening that gap mm-hmm. between what becomes available for people. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just like the, the coded, my coded white wealth, or my coded desire for white wealth anymore. Now, now you know, it was like, oh, no. Different kinds of people actually get to be considered. Right. You know, and now we're just widening that again. And uh, it's, again, like the ideology and the belief in society around that is the scary thing. Mm. That's what's more, to me, more scary than anything. And a lot of, like I said, a lot of people have been like sharing that they got in. It's like, you know, people, I, I remember getting into college and I had a good friend at the time who told me, who got waitlisted at the same college, who told me I only got in because I was black. And you it, told you. Yeah. And I'm pretty fucking smart. So yeah. to say that to me, you know, I'm like, you didn't learn that from nothing. Right. You learned that from your racist parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like you learned that from a racist society. Yeah. Um, that you were socialized into to believe that any person of color is taking your spot, spot yeah. even though, because by default, everything should belong to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's just like not really true. Mm-hmm. And so if white people aren't actually doing the work of like unraveling that shit from their system, of course you would believe that. Yeah. Of course you would think Entitlement. that. Entitlement. Yeah. yeah. You would. Uh, why wouldn't you believe that it's true that, Every spot that's available should go to you. And if two spots go to a black person, it's because the black person wasn't qualified enough. And it's like, no, that's that's not what affirmative action was. But that's what a lot of people believe that it was. Because the media told us Which, And it's wild because, like, white women were the biggest benefactors of it. Yeah. Yeah. White women vote against themselves in, like, every way possible all the (laughs) time, though. So it's like, I... You know, Hi, um, white woman. This is a PSA from another white woman. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
just sit down. Just be just quiet like, for a second. Maybe learn what you need to learn and then come back. Like okay? how Love do you, you vote against your own humanization <laughs> so regularly? It and also, like, not only that, but, like, literally putting you out of the public environment and back into the home. And that's not a choice for everybody. And maybe if it's a choice for them, that's great. But, like, come on, man. Don't force us all to do what you want to do. Just saying. Anyway, tangent. No, no. <laughs> Honestly, no. You're talking about sex or reproduction. I don't know. Well, I mean, but. It's all no, part of it. And to speak, thank you both so much. Because I think to go back and speak to what I had mentioned a while back ago of like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to keep my head together. But no, like, there's a reason why my head's never together. Um, for sex head specifically, it's because all of these themes do feed into yeah. it, right? It's more than just sex ed. It's more than just going into schools and teaching kids about their bodies. It's about what they ultimately are offered as a choice. It's about what they uh, have as a choice, knowing that they all come from different cultures and from different races and from different backgrounds. And it's ultimately like the education piece is happening in schools. And so right now, unfortunately, like there have been very recent moves that are impacting the ways that we are going to be able to receive education as people of color or black people or um you know anybody that is not white like it's mm-hmm. just it's going to be impacted moving forward and it's just so many themes feed into this and i'm really glad that we're able to have the conversation that's not just about like you know i deflect a lot of things with humor because it's a trauma response and i actually mm-hmm. think i'm hilarious so i about consent and the conversations about you know what it means to actually be intimate with one another Mm -hmm. saying stay away from each other isn't really it like it's not a long-term strategy you know when the when things were shut down um during the pandemic i won't say quarantine because that wasn't a really a true thing like um you know like it actually was quarantine in other countries we never had a quarantine here we had things that were shut down we had you know, guidelines and limitations about what we could do, but like yeah. 
it wasn't like if you got the, out of your house, you're going to get arrested yeah, the in the same way. quarantine for like two weeks was still like maybe honored by about 25%. And, maybe, yeah. Yeah. And, you, and you could you could leave your house, whereas other places like, you know, if you left your house, if you stepped outside, Straight to like, jail. yeah, bye. Straight, oh my Straight God. Straight to jail. I love Undercook, you know overcook, yeah. straight to jail. Do you know where that's from? I don't know where that's from. So, oh, I see this all the time. It's a new Parks and Rec yeah. uh, plug. It's a Parks and Recreation one where it's like there's, I think it's somebody that comes from Colombia. Venezuela. Oh, Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry about that. Did not mean to confuse you two, but. Um, it's a big from, difference. I know, I know. Um, that comes from Venezuela. Um, and then they're like, oh, they're looking at like how like they do like local government, um, like here in, in Pawnee, Indiana. Um, which is where Parks and Rec mm-hmm. takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, the guy that comes, he's like, oh, no. Like, I'm just really surprised at, like, how liberal, like, everything is here. Because, like, believe it or not, and he does it with the accent, you know. But he's like, oh, overcooked fish, spit to you. Undercooked chicken, also spit to you. Like, do you see this? Under, over? Same thing? Yeah. <laughs> you miss your dentist appointment? Straight to jail. Like, that's, that's everything they go to jail. And it's so funny because I use that in, like, every part of my life. Like yeah. I, yeah, like I literally, I was talking to my sister the other day. I forgot what we were talking about, and it's like someone did something that he just didn't like, and you just go like straight to you. <laughs> well, and I, I made That's that quote too, because my partner's from Turkey, and in Turkey they had this like continual replay meme of that. Because in Turkey, you literally weren't allowed to leave your house yeah. at certain times oh, of the day. Wow. Yeah. So when you were talking about that, it just made me think of him. He goes straight to a gym. <laughs> Other parts of the world, you needed a pass. Yeah. To go places. You have to go like, grocery like a shopping. letter. Like tickets and bars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was listening to another podcast um, not that long ago that I've like just gone back into their archives because I have time, apparently, to just go apparently. back into the <laughs> I know. And, and they were talking about how like, they had to sneak... Like they did, um, like eight different recordings in a day during the, the the when it was quarantine because like the guy had to like sneak out of his house and like drive the back roads because oh the main God. road like the cops yeah. were there. He's like, and then we just had to bust out like eight like different sessions, and I felt like by the eighth one, like I just was just talking nonsense. Like, probably, like, we yeah. Needed to record like all in one yeah. day because. Like, we didn't know how long we were going to be locked out for. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds yeah. insane. But also, I was like, but we should have done the same thing. We probably should have done the same thing. Like, why weren't we, like, finding and ticketing people for getting out when they shouldn't have? Pride, uh, haughtiness, yeah. uh, guns, no real. Okay, what's her question? Well, she did tell you anyway. Yeah. Uh, my She's bad. Gonna tell you <laughs> my bad. And it's like, it's going to tell you anyway. <laughs> with someone who basically treated it like that and it was fucking brutal because I kept seeing everybody else do stuff and I was like come on man like I can, can I just see my friend like outside the door and he's like no straight to jail and I was like son of a bitch so you know some people took it more seriously than others yeah and but like what an opportunity I think there was when the pandemic hit and we were all so aware of it there was such an opportunity to mm. do some real restructuring oh, yeah. of things mm-hmm. like but we just didn't and to make sex ed more accessible so i actually Ooh. was in that yeah so we so we were scheduled to teach at so i was a pro i was a program manager for the teen pregnancy prevention program okay teen pregnancy prevention has its own little like nuanced things that we can talk about later yeah, but so yeah <laughs> but we'll leave that there um <laughs> 
And anyway, so we had been scheduled out to teach. We do semesters at high schools, and we did semesters at the middle schools. So we were scheduled out to teach at the middle schools. They finally let us in, and we had a parent review night. Okay, I have, like, multiple stories about this situation. Yes, yeah, and we can do stories, okay. like, okay, ASAP. Okay. Um, but just so that everybody knows, I'll just put different links in the uh, – Okay in the, the description um, for resources if you yeah. want to learn more about what state has like what sex education because literally as I'm reading there's like one highlight that says 38 states in the District of Columbia mandate sex education rate for weed and right underneath it from Top Parenthood 39 states in the District of Columbia you know so it's like I just feel like there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of info, conflicting and information surprised. and I probably should have looked into this a little bit more and I absolutely apologize but I'll leave some different like links and references yeah. just so that we know but our advocacy point is always going to be have sex education being mandatory in every state and how to be comprehensive. The end, mic drop, so bitch. So California is the state that um, in 2016, right? January 1st, 2016, was comprehensive sexual health Sounds education right. was mandated. Was great year, by the way. Yeah. I was talking to my sister, I think, about this the other day. And I don't know about y'all, but I feel like 2016 was the last really good year that we had sex. Huh. Really good music that year. We felt really free. Really what happened? What happened right after? Yeah. Darkness came. Apart. Oh shit! <laughs> I was like, November twenty sixteen was pretty fucking up. Yeah. But I think that, I, but I agree with you on the fact that, like, I think it felt like we were moving in a direction. It was in California, it was. like it felt yeah. hopeful. I felt like we things yeah. were changing. Yeah. Um, and then we had forty one. Yeah, and then yeah. we had yeah, the dark day. Okay. Thank you for giving me an answer. By the way. Womp, Why does it feel like womp. I had seven days of ass? Yeah. Oh, that's why. Because it was the beginning of the end. It was the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope so, for the 2016. Though. I was teaching sex ed. <laughs> <laughs> so we were teaching sex ed in East County, San Diego, and Southern San Diego, um, but mostly East County. And East County is like a mixture of like conservatism and not. It's a very interesting part of San Diego. Yeah. I've never yeah. really had that experience in any other part of San Diego. Like it's pretty homogenous in like North County pretty homogenous in South County, but yeah. East County is like a mixture of all these different cultures and people. Yeah. So, um, so we, it took me like a year to convince one of the major school districts in that area to allow us to teach sex education. And it was interesting too, because in years past, we'd always been invited to come, but it, for some reason, I mean, there's not for some reason, because the political climate was the way that it was, a lot of parents started pushing back. So we had a parent review night, and um, I went into the school district twice. We went through the curriculum line by line, word by right. word. And she said, you can say this, you can't say this, you can say this, you can't say this. It was fucking crazy. Like, I was like, why am wow. I even doing this? So I think I actually called you at the time to tell you, like, how crazy this experience was. So it was in El Cajon. And um, anyway, so we went to a parent night. We had uh, a contingency of parents who were... Um, spoke Arabic, a contingency of parents who spoke Farsi, and then English. There was no Spanish speakers, which was oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, and there was two Karen moms who took my picture, who took a picture of my business card, then posted online and was like, this woman and her team are teaching your children how to have anal sex and like just all different kinds of sex. And wow, they, you're the best sex they went crazy. Ever. I know. But I kind of like, I remember telling my like other coworkers at the time that this had happened. They're like, dude, that's a fucking badge of honor. I can't tell you how many people like have had, like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. this one woman who worked for ACLU that a friend of mine told me about. She was in uh, Orange County 
and she was kind of a pivotal person in getting Chaya California Healthy Youth Act oh, forward. Yeah, wow. yeah. And she had so many death threats and stuff against her, like people writing up to her residency and like doing crazy shit. Oh, so she had to fucking move. She yeah. literally left the state. So anyway, I was like, cool, this is my badge of honor. Like you can take my license down. You can take my information. I don't yeah. care. Anyway, I was super excited because we finally got this school on board. There was some parents. And oh, by the way, in California, we have this thing called passive consent. Mm -hmm. So what that means is you have to give written, verbal, I do not want my child to participate in this in order for your child not to participate. But legally, the school then has to provide alternative uh, instruction time for the time that the other students are receiving mm -hmm. sex ed. Mm -hmm. They were not happy with this. The parents wanted none of the kids to receive any sex ed, period. Yeah. And I was like, no, but sorry, you can opt choice. out. Like, you don't, oh, like, no, this so is a new, yeah. like, conversation. We do not need to have this conversation. Just opt your child out. That's it. The end. Move on.com. Mm -hmm. But no, no, no. No kid. They were on a vendetta. Oh, wow. So. And at that point, it's like, how entitled do you fucking feel over somebody else's kid? Yeah. Getting information? Like, that's not your child. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You don't get to choose for every yeah. single person. Well, you know, when you've been socialized into paternalism, that makes you feel like you no have yeah. the 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 wisdom mm -hmm. that you know you should be able to tell everyone else what they can and can't do or what they shouldn't mm -hmm. shouldn't do. Yeah. It's yeah. just and see, and that's why, honestly, to some extent, it's like there's just certain things about parenthood that we look forward to, and there's certain things that we just like don't look forward yeah. to. I very much look forward to like being in a time where, you know, Lord willing, Iris is older and she's able to like engage in these conversations and have me be that mom that says like, absolutely. And advocate for like, I want my child to do this because yeah. I know what the benefit of that is. Yeah. And being in those same spaces where it's like, I want to go to like parent night because I want to know what my kid's learning. Yeah. I need to know if I need to add to this information. <laughs> I need to know if she, I want for her to know more yeah. of this. Like you guys yeah. have just the basics, Yeah. which the hope is that it's not, but you know, um, and then also, like, be that parent, um, because, and, and I have an example of this, but I, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, it's fine. Now. But um, to be that parent that it's like, no, my kid fucking needs this. Yeah. Like, I want them to have it. Don't speak for my child. Mm -hmm. And then also, so there was this one, I remember having to do a parent night with, um, and it was, like, when I just started doing sex ed. Mm -hmm. And I had gone with, and we usually always, like, partner up. We have, like, another coworker that we'll go with. Um, and at that point, I had gone with um, Mama Olga. <laughs> and so Mama Olga was one of like the older um, Mexican women within mm -hmm. our department that just she started as a promotora, right? She started yeah. as a promotora, yeah, and she's just like an amazing human being. Um, and she like was very much like a proponent of obviously like having kids like have like sexual cases. So I went with her, and I remember like I had started to do the presentation. There was like parents that were saying like, "Oh, but I don't want him to learn this. I want him to learn that." And it was a majority of Spanish speaking parents, mm -hmm. which is why her and I were chosen because we're both bilingual. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, Mama Olga like steps in and she starts having a conversation in Spanish to these parents, mm -hmm. and like very directly, which I was I could have never done. No, I could have never done. But I want to be a Mama Olga someday, you know. Yeah, so I really hope that I can, you know. Oh, I like, bet you she'll love older. to hear you say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll still hang out a couple times here and there. We'll go walk. She's amazing. Bless her. But um, like telling like parents, it's like, do you really not want your kids like to learn about this stuff? You want them to like learn from a friend and learn like how to incorrectly do things and have them like come home and tell you like they're pregnant because they didn't know what they were doing, or do you mm. want them to get the information from people that are educated, people mm -hmm. that know what they're doing, people that have invested hours mm -hmm. into the curriculum, mm -hmm. will answer questions and she goes, and mind you. They're not teaching your kids about morals and values. They're teaching your kids about, yeah. right. 
Well, that's for you to do. Yeah. So when they get home and they have this lesson, you have the opportunity to tell them, I know that you're able to have sex. I would want for you to wait until whatever. Like, yeah. if that's your morals and your values, that's fine. Yeah. Teach them to your child, but don't take away this opportunity for them to learn the way that things are when it comes to sex yeah. and their body and their changes. And I stood there in awe. <laughs> and I also was just so amazed at how <clears throat> quickly people changed their yeah. minds. Like, she... And then also, it was, you know, to her credit, and this is why I kind of was talking more about what I was talking about before, she was able to talk to them as a parent. Yeah. And it's hard to do that when you're not exactly. a parent. Yeah. Exactly. And not because it takes away. And I, you know, I feel like there's also so many spaces where you sometimes feel like, I just, I don't have the credit, and I don't feel like I should be the one speaking. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's true sometimes. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like for a long time, I worked with like um, family and child development, and I helped raise my siblings, but I, I wasn't a mom. You know, Correct. and so like it just it, it's different, and it yeah. is. You know, and people would always tell me like it's different when you have your own kids, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh no, it is. Not because I necessarily know better, but because there's just certain like processes and things that happen that make you just understand it at a deeper level. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Not taking any credit away from anybody that's raised a child and feels like their parent. Okay, you're if you identify as mom and dad and you did enough for them, you're yeah. mom and dad. Parenting was you know, mm-hmm. it just I just was able to understand different. Mm-hmm. when I became a parent but to see her like pour out all of her parent part it's mm-hmm. like I'm a mom and I made sure that my child did this and mm-hmm. I made sure that my child learned and there were some things that they didn't learn and I wish that they would have yeah. because I feel like they would have been able to make a different decision yeah and that's where I saw that parents were like oh mm-hmm. like now you as a parent are telling me that this is you know and a lot of parents yeah. just ask better questions after that in terms of like okay and so and that's when yeah. you know like I love to be like okay look Look at the curriculum. Like, we're not just talking about sex. We're talking about their bodies. Yes, we are talking about how it's appropriate. And if there's, like, prevention, this is what it looks like. We're talking about methods. And why are we talking about methods? And the other thing you need to remember is that, yes, contraceptive methods are meant for contraception. Mm -hmm. But also, they're meant for, like, if there's, you know, um, any of the students that identify as female and they have periods, this is something that they can do. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and giving them all. And then they were just more receptive to the information. So going back to it, like, love the fact now that as a parent, I can advocate mm-hmm. and say, no, I'm a parent and I want these things. Right. And they're important. Mm-hmm. And then also knowing that, like, my own parents, like, had my mom specifically had these conversations with me about, like, when I, I remember, had to, and I think at that point it was opt-in before mm-hmm. Chaya, before it was Yeah, before Chaya was in her And my mom, and I, like, saw the, like, the note come home, like, do you want this? Like, I could have swore my parents were going to say no. I was like, no, like, we're, I'll get more very religious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to say no. My mom's like, absolutely fucking not, you're going. And, like, signed it. And part of me was like, damn. Because I think we got it in first and sixth grade. Yeah. And that was when they would pass out, like, the pads and the deodorants. You'd be, like, super embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like, I have these things. Are you, like, passing out in school? You know? Like, mm-hmm. I was all like, and I was like, Have y'all no. seen the movie Turning Red? Yes! No, I haven't yet. Oh my god. It's about puberty, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so many other things. Yeah. And I, that, it's, Disney has come out small-handed with so many movies recently. Pixar. That yeah. are, like, shouldn't make me cry as hard as they do. No! But, like, between Turning Red and Encanto, oh. and, like, Ooh. that Luisa song about being, like, the strong sister. Yeah. My mom, my mom was telling me, but she's like, this is a good movie. Like, watch it with us, blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, you remind me of little Luisa. And I was like, okay. And then I heard this song, I was like, oh, like, this is catchy. And then I said, I'm turning it now. But my mom was like, no, like, listen to it. And, like, I started to listen to what she yeah. was saying. Wow. 
Yeah. Great. Linda, when I saw um, that, I thought of you. Yeah. I was like, this is Linda's song. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm the strong one. I was like, yeah. damn. And it's just like, I'm like, okay, this is like, I get it. But I don't think you make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Even, even when talking about it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But anyway, going back to, oh my God, like my mom's time to fucking form. And I'm going to have to like go to these classes or whatever. But my, I remember my mom had a conversation with me and calling me like, no, like you need to learn about these issues and I don't have all of the information and I wish that I had the information. Mm. Like, I, you know, it's no secret as I said before, like my mom was a teen parent. She's like, I wish that I had had the information and I want for you to have it so you don't make the mistakes that I made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, and that's how powerful it can be. Yeah. You know, it's like, it really is not to take away your voice or your choice as a parent with your child when we have these sessions. Yeah. It's to give you guys more tools and to give you guys resources and information for now. Yeah. You know, as a parent, like, if you hadn't talked about it before, which again, going back to the beginning of what we were talking about, these conversations need to take place from when they're young. Yeah. You need to, you know, and same thing with like pointing out their body parts. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, 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 and. I just always want to say like, sometimes we expect parents to give what they don't have. Hmm. As children, we expect things from our parents. And sometimes even, you know, as professionals, we expect things from parents. Often they didn't have the education, yeah. right? And so we're expecting them to, from a young age, which is why I think like parent education yeah. is an important part of sex education for kids. Oh, yeah. Because if they don't know, how are they going to start having those conversations? Right. It's yep. awkward. You know, part of why sex education outside of the home is so cringy and important. Yeah. <laughs> Even though everyone's like so embarrassed, is because like, Maybe I don't want to talk about these things with my parents, or maybe my parents are too embarrassed to have these yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe my parents are way too comfortable, and I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was me. That was me. Um, but it gives space. Yeah. yeah. It gives space for all of those things. And, you know, expecting that none of us are perfect. We're not expecting like perfection yeah. from, from one another, but it gives like space to have some of these yeah. conversations. And if parents aren't being educated so that they can start. Well, and I think at its yeah. core, too, is ultimately, I think what these parents were were worried about was that they felt, and there was a campaign, it was online, I think it's still yeah, a Facebook group, it's called Too Much Too Soon, and basically what they were saying is, I was like, well, my kid's not, they're not thinking about this, my kid doesn't do that, my kid da-da-da-da-da, and I was like, all right, well, maybe your kid, you feel like your kid isn't mature enough, but ultimately, like you're saying, what it comes down to is the parents. The parents aren't ready for their yeah. kids to grow up. They're not ready for their to have those, right? It has nothing to do with the child yeah. and their exposure or lack thereof. Or I had a crazy, oh my God. Do you remember when we were part of the San Diego Office of Education? Or no, not Office of, uh, San Diego Unified she, SHIAC. Yeah. So we were part of this committee and there was this one woman who came to. Oh, the one that would always come ooh. in. She was a lot. She was a Karen she before would, we knew what a Karen Before was. we knew what Karen was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would come to district school district meetings every month and bitch and complain about too much too soon and that her daughter is being overly sexualized because of the curriculum and blah, blah, blah. So then we were in there at a meeting one time. She was finally, like, given permission to come, which was, like, not the right forum. Like, we were talking about, like, curriculum and, like, right. whatever. So, whatever. But anyway, um... We actually weren't even talking about curriculum. We are talking about resources and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, like, it didn't have anything to do with, yeah. like, whatever. So she said that when we taught sex ed, there was more sexual assault against her child on that day than any other day in school. 
and that sex ed was encouraging young boys to be more like like to touch her daughter because of that and I was like don't think that's true. I think that that's sort of a larger issue that might be happening at that school that needs to be discussed. Right. That has very, like, it's like saying like, well, the sun came up and so like now I have apples. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the the connection felt a little flawed to say the least. So I guess all of this is saying. Exactly. The basics of it. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I, I posted this video um, the other day that I, it was like a TikTok about how the CIA has been impacting people's reading habits, like mm. encouraging certain kinds of stories to be told. And I'm going to say something, it might sound too offensive, but it honestly made a lot of sense why I've noticed when I'm speaking with white people, the critical thinking skills are not there. Mm. There's really a gap in that because a lot of these stories have been written around like, individualism and rugged individualism they have been basically um crafted and curated the things that become bestsellers the things that become important stories of our time they have been cultivated by the cia to tell a particular kind of story Mm. and so the the challenge so like you know being black and growing up with a lot of um reading a lot of black scholars um Mm. You know, there's a lot more of the critical thinking that yeah. that is built into and critique that's built into those stories and built into how the story is told and the education that comes in stories. And it's I just think it's a really important thing that we that we understand, like. People aren't people don't know necessarily how to think about things well. Yes. Part of my, when I'm doing education, I don't want to tell people what to think, but I want to teach people how to think through things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Because right now, part of like what we're lacking is the ability to think through things. Right. right. Because there's such a black and white, you know, yeah. there was an episode that we did on white supremacy that, got you know we couldn't post it because of the quality but you know binary thinking is one of the characteristics of it so it's this like either or Mm -hmm. which then reduces the way people are able to think through things and how they're able to think about things it's like if this is true then this like but there's so much breadth to why something might be but if people are uncomfortable with that Mm -hmm. you know when binary thinking is the way of a culture it means nuance actually feels like a threat. Yep. And so I w- why would I even want to develop my critical thinking skills? Because that means that I'm a threat. Yeah. It's not just a threat. Then I'm becoming a threat, which means I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose every my money. I'm going to lose my the protection of white from white men. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like all of these things mm-hmm. that are all so wrapped up in one another. Um, and I think it's really important, like if you, that's why I, I, I highly recommend like read black scholars, yeah. like listen to indigenous people, mm-hmm. because there is a way that whiteness has crafted and curated the thinking of white people that creates limitation and, and inability to see things from a more broad perspective mm-hmm. that is, of course, going to impact how you view education and what you see as appropriate, Mm -hmm. like too much too soon. Like 
no, a lot of smaller conversations should have happened yes. when they were told to hug the person that they didn't want to. Oh, Before right. they were even, you were talking about like being able to say no. Yeah. Before kids are even able to say no, they pull their bodies oh, yeah. away. They'll throw themselves on the ground. Right. You know, but we are, we have, we teach kids, we teach them to ignore those things. Their boundaries. Yep. And we teach kids to betray themselves. So by the time they're finally in middle school, high school, they have all of these, all of these, all of these experiences where they have betrayed themselves and said no to themselves so many times. Well, then you talk, you finally are talking about consent and there's like, there's no space for that. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no space for some of these important conversations because too much too soon should have happened on a very molecular level yeah. seven years ago, yeah. Yeah. six years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that was well, my little rant. Of the day. <laughs> well, and it's like, it goes hand in hand with like the whole argument that I always say is like, Sex education should be on every level at all times in in the development of a child. That is controversial for some people. But I don't mean that we're going to, like, talk about pornography to a five-year-old. What I'm talking about is, like, age-appropriate education throughout the child's life cycle to understand things like bodily autonomy, to understand things like germs, right? Like, all of these very yeah. basic things that are all wrapped up in your health. Body parts, right. That's going to be a big fucking deal. Exactly. When they come and tell you that somebody's touched them somewhere they shouldn't have. Right. And part of what is coming to mind as you're saying that, because I completely agree, is especially the way that, you know, white Christianity and white supremacy are really wrapped up in one another. So I'm not going to talk like about that in depth. I just wanted to mention that because white Christianity has so impacted how children are viewed and white Christianity has said that you don't really have your own agency or autonomy until you're a teenager or later. Right. And so, you know, I, when I'm talking to my clients, I, I talk to them a lot about age or develop and development appropriate autonomy. Mm. And if you're not teaching them, like, you know, a baby doesn't have their own autonomy. It's, yeah. it's actually ridiculous to think that they would. They can't make decisions oh, on their own. Or that you'd have a conversation about consent when they're getting their diaper changed. Like, okay, I'm going to change your diaper. Are you going to consent to that? Well, you're a baby. Well, you so might start having conversations with them about, say, like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, well, but you, you'll narrate, right? Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm going to so like, Exactly. Yeah, yeah 100%. Exactly. Like, you're not going to ask them, like, can you write Right, right, right. <laughs> But you will marry, right? And right. And you say, hey, baby, like, I'm changing your diaper. Like, we're cleaning your vagina. Right. And I used to, yeah. Like, I was, as soon as she was able to actually, like, start, like, talking and stuff and, and start to know, like, mm-hmm. she knew, like, when to say vagina. And it, like, had a really deep conversation. Not deep, but, like, a thorough conversation with um, Sergio about this because I needed him to be on the same page. Yeah. Yep. Where it's, like, I know that it's, like, it might, like, and I remember when we used to have, like, middle school students, it's, like, all right, get your wiggles out. You know, like, it might yeah. give you the wiggles. Yeah. You know, like, get them out. <laughs> Yeah. Right, um, because like she needs to know. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and it's I don't want to have to get too deep into it. A because time, and also B because <laughs> I don't want to make this like a therapy podcast. Yeah. but it's like you also like as a man mm-hmm. may not ever have to come across like why we as women need yes. to be able to like communicate and say certain things. Right, like, I appreciate that, but I also need for you to trust that like the way that I'm trying to raise her and yeah. the way that I want her to communicate. 
and even if it means like and again like culturally right like not hugging somebody like trust her yeah yeah trust her when she pulls away trust her when she says no and yes you want them to be like you want them to have kind words and you want them to be Mm -hmm. polite you know and whatever that has a lot of definitions right right. quote unquote manners and it's like also because like you need to be able to interact with others in a way that's respectful right like you don't want to like push your friends you don't again yeah to content and all this stuff right but it's like but i also need for her to have the tools that when something happens she can verbalize and she can come and tell me like using her age appropriate developmentally appropriate words mommy this happened and that's what I think parents don't understand. Right. I think they think it's opening Pandora's box yeah. by having, even having a conversation yeah. about consent, because I think they're scared of yeah. what, of what that didn't mean, of what they should have done, yeah. you know, months or weeks and or years ago. Sometimes, you know, like to not, to, I, <clears throat> I don't want to say to, to people's credit, but I think it's like to acknowledge the fact that everybody has had certain experiences. Unfortunately, some parents are trying to keep away a conversation yeah. that they themselves should have had with their own parents. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's like repeating that cycle of like, I'm not going to talk to us about you, to, to, to you about this, because mm-hmm. I feel like this isn't something that you should need to learn, because I know I learned it too soon in a way that wasn't appropriate for me, and I don't want that to happen to you. So right. it could be like a defense mechanism, it could be them totally. trying to protect your child, and that's why you want to go into like the best of intentions and like with full transparency yeah. when you're having these conversations with parents, mm-hmm. but also when you're having them with kids, because people don't know the trauma that people are bringing into the room while we're having these conversations. Right. You know, so. You know, and like even, you know, kids, sometimes things are just so normal. Sometimes in sex ed, they realize for the first time that they had been assaulted. Right. Yeah. Right. And so it's just like, you know, whatever was normal, Uncle Johnny, Dad, Mom, whatever. It's like I have now language to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That has yeah. been, because we completely in the household disembodied disconnected we've never talked about it because we would never talk about it besides shush don't tell anyone you know it's like that kind of stuff is so important yeah but if we don't have an ideal of all right developmentally this is what this child can handle and i might tell them too early right and i might have to figure out how to navigate that i might tell them a little bit too late maybe i apologize for that Right. But, you know, the whole idea of like too much too soon is because like people aren't taking their own agency and saying like in these little ways, Mm -hmm. these little, you know, when we teach consent and we teach like bodily autonomy from a young age, what it does is it it gives them strength to be able to deal with things when their hormones are changing because they've had like they've had the scaffolding to be able to say, okay, like. Things feel really crazy right now, and <laughs> yeah, and they feel like it's normal. Yeah, like, like they recognize that it is right. Like, yeah, going back to the like, context the types of questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like okay, I know that this is normal. Like you're teaching them self regulation. Yep. you're yeah. teaching them like having the options of like, oh my gosh, a I'm not going crazy. B hmm. my hormones are definitely like yep putting me through the ringer. But C I acknowledge these things and I have the tools and resources that I need to. Um, go, yeah. I imagine too, as a parent, it's really scary to imagine your child being an autonomous oh, person that scary. will leave for mm-hmm. you. Yeah, everything's scary. right. And like understanding <laughs> your sexuality and your psychology, while maybe on like a conscious level, parents don't think yeah. about it. Maybe on a subconscious level, that is one way that their child is slowly kind of becoming their own person. Yeah, and that's yeah. scary. 
that I imagine that's really scary. So I get it. Yeah. And like, let's just all heal. Yeah. Let's do the work because it's ongoing. As kids progress in their development, you've never been a parent of that child at that age, even if you have other kids. And so it's going to bring up different things in you, just like they're going through different things. And so like letting yourself understand that and know that you have your own development as a parent mm-hmm. they have their own development as a child yeah. um give yourself the grace it's and okay heal. and it's okay for it to be awkward it is awkward like my sister was saying this other day and she always talks to like zayden has like always been sort of inundated from me from my siblings from from his mom you know about like normalizing penis and vagina and like all these different things and then now he's getting older he's 12 he's like Ugh. Don't talk about oh, that's yeah. so that's gross. Anymore, yeah. You know, whatever. And so I did get a lot of parents saying, like, well, my kid's not ready because they're saying this kind of stuff. And it's like there this is developmentally part of the process for them. Mm-hmm. So like continue to have those conversations because the more you normalize it, the more safe and comfortable they will feel. Yeah. And it's fucking hard, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, like it really does make a big difference. It does. Anything worth doing well is worth doing fucking awkwardly. Yep. Like, that's a quote. Sometimes (laughs) things are just awkward, but it's worth it because the outcome, who you get to be, is so much bigger than the feeling of awkwardness. You know, Mm -hmm. we have this shame based society where we Mm -hmm. don't know what to do with our feelings when we're embarrassed and we're humiliated. So it teaches us to shrink instead of to hold our ground. And say, yeah, I am a little bit embarrassed and this is a little bit awkward. And there's actually something bigger than yeah. that, that feeling. And it's important for me to be able to move through it so that we can actually create something mm-hmm. together. And grow from that. Yeah. 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 And I think to speak to both of uh, what you guys were talking about, um, I know that you even mentioned the point of like, let's just like start digging. I feel like I've been so optimistic about so many of the things that I've been seeing on social media. I feel like from different like parents trying to do things differently mm-hmm. or like culturally there's uh, you know somebody i follow about ending like the chancla culture which is like the spanking your kid with a chancla mm-hmm. um you know and it's like you know stuff like that like the fact that that is like a movement now um seeing so many you know and it's unfortunate but also like people that are growing up and when they become parents realize oh my parents aren't healthy for me and start to either create boundaries yeah. to the point where like they cut parents off mm-hmm. like to see just like that shift and like i don't have to tolerate certain behaviors mm-hmm. anymore i can do differently by my own children or even if i don't mm-hmm. have children i can do differently for myself yeah right i can do things differently to heal myself and that is a challenge in and of its own so like to have to undertake that and then for people that do choose to become parents to undertake doing that for your child like kudos to you in like the most sincere way possible because it takes so much strength and bravery to do that and unmantle and undo everything that you have been literally it's 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 in your blood right and so and and i didn't mean unmantle just um but it's like just i feel like i just get so giddy when i see like these posts and you know some of it's on tiktok and i'm not the biggest tiktok fan but you know like it's, it's also really nice for like really good information like it could be great you know yeah and so it's like to see these posts of like people being like this is what my parents did and this is what i'm not going to do or like this is what my parents did and this is what i'm doing to undo that in myself um and you know coming talking about like sexuality talking about like different like cultural things 
um, it's just so like heartwarming to see that it's like, yeah, we're not tolerating yeah you know and unfortunately some cycles are continuing with other families but hopefully the next generation having access to all these resources and information mm-hmm. like does something different mm-hmm. because it's like just that no like notion of feeling that we have to tolerate these things because they've been in place for so long yeah it's just like it's we're pushing back against that yeah like, if we don't have to tolerate anymore mm-hmm. and true. you know like yeah. to, to go back to like the example of like like then the kids have to hug and that's I feel like a, a sore spot for me because it was you know, like a big thing and yeah. I feel like now it's, it's really nice to have my parents acknowledge that I'm not doing that with my child and respect mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and even when she and the, like even the people that I know she wants to hug because she hugs in the middle of occasions when she like is leaving and doesn't want to like hug like I saw my dad the other day being like oh like you want high five or like my mom be like oh it's okay like you want high five and like mm-hmm. to see that it's just like there's so many things to fix, but knowing that that's not wow one of them right now. Yeah, it's so nice. It's yeah. really, really sweet. Yeah, I love that. It's so nice. So your parents are like growing with you. Oh, that's yeah. so beautiful that oh, you're yeah. teaching it's the them. best. Yeah, yeah. I never thought that I'd see the day, but mm. the way it is happening. Mm. Yay! Mm. I'm happy for you. <laughs> All right, so, well, that was sex education in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we might have a part two because we have funny stories to tell too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I didn't even hit like a question from the anonymous question box that we used to get all the time. Oh but I'll yeah. leave with I feel like the one that used to be super common that I found the most clarity out of. I I wonder if you're gonna guess it. Like, what's a blue waffle? Fucking blue. Waffle. Oh my god. I knew as soon as you yeah. said a good question. And you, I was like, she's going to say blue waffle. She's yeah, going to say Yeah, because I had never heard of the term. No, I have no, no idea I had neither. Girl, so I'll answer it for you. <laughs> I didn't know what, like, I, when I first got this question, I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, is this a Is thing there something now? wrong with, yeah. Right. It's a slang term for an STD. Yeah. And I also read an Urban Dictionary because I looked it up oh, like multiple okay. times. Urban Dictionary says that it's basically a person with a vulva who's has such bad STIs that their the the lips of the labia are like blue. Okay, that's not which a is thing. not a thing. Oh, like wow. zero also, nothing. Insane. That's yeah. That's where people's like they're yeah. Not to why a waffle, but whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not flat. so we would get really interesting questions. Maybe we'll do a part two about like the questions. Yeah, maybe we can that ask our former coworkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I thought, oh my gosh, I I feel like somewhere in my house, I still have like a folded up like pack of I don't know. Yeah, because I used to keep some of those because like you put them in your backpack like after mm-hmm. the classes, like you leave and then you just like bring them home. Like, oh, yeah, shit, you don't you know? think about it. Yeah, 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 you don't think about it. But oh my god, like going through those sometimes yeah. would just like, it would make the worst of days into the best of I days. I miss that. And vice versa. Yep. <laughs> the best, best of days is the worst of days. Like, I don't need this during six period when yeah. I had five other And there's no air conditioning. There's no and there's 50 We're kids in here. There's 50 kids. Oh. I, I love, my favorite thing about teaching sex ed was being called the sex lady. Oh, yeah. I loved being called the sex lady. (laughs) And I loved how much the kids, like, would see me and they go, oh, this is a sex lady. And, like, they would say to their peers who were having, like, oh, you're so lucky. Or, like, she's so funny. Or, like, whatever. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm a superstar. (laughs) There are definitely worse things to be known as. What's that? I'm the best sex lady that ever was. That ever was in the whole world. 
and you know I got to carry like like pelvic models in my car oh and my like God, dildos I, yeah. and I was and condoms. Let me just say something. I was there was a time in my life where I was invited to bachelorette parties just so I could bring my my bucket of dicks. Yeah, because we had bucket of dicks at work, and we would just bring them. And I loved being that person, and I I kind of miss it a little bit. So do I. I love the stage in life that I'm at now in terms of like my career. Yeah, same. But if there's one job that I like, just love being able to reference back to. And that also taught me so much yes. that I can still, like, you know, talk to other people about. Like, anytime anyone has any questions about working for my friends, they're like, Linda, <laughs> tell me. I have a question. I'm like, and I already know. You know, it's like, all right. Like, like come into my office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely Good one times. of the top, top jobs, mm-hmm. fun jobs, but mm-hmm. also exhausting. Mm-hmm. And kids can suck sometimes, but y'all are doing great. <laughs> keep up the good work I know okay well I think that's it for today unless yeah. anybody else has any questions comments concerns compliments no <laughs> oh you all are amazing <laughs> thank you so much for listening this conversation will probably continue in multiple yeah. other oh, topics sure. and I'll leave um, resources and links um, just if you guys want to do your own exploring at the bottom for um, what six it looks like across the United States and mm-hmm. apparently the very conflicting info <laughs> Um, but it's in all states, and we wanted in all states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thank Bye. you. <laughs>